Rich. And I'm Ruben. Welcome to Clarity, where we discuss the ideas and experiences that change how we think and live. And today we are recording here in Asheboro, North Carolina. Woo! Your living room. My, well, it's, oh, this is, it's, okay. a, it's a big space that is a uh, living room and then the kitchen and then, yeah. Where, where am I home? Ruben's my, home. My first time here in Ruben's home. Yes. Thank you for having me, my friend. Sorry, man. It's a mess. I mean, after the trip, we're just trying to make our life normal again. But let the record show that if my house looked like this, it would be a peak <laughs> clean. There's just a little bit. Of sh- I mean, there's stuff in the drain board. But all right, enough about my house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ruben, you you said you just came back from a trip. Yeah, man. Uh, Cassie and I went to Israel and Jordan and. For those who wouldn't, I mean, it's it's a middle, it's a middle east, and it, it was amazing, man. It was amazing experience, and we got to ride on camels and see Dude. the holy land and the places where everything happened, you know, in the Bible, Christianity, and and not only Christianity. I mean, there's a big mix or overlap between uh, the Islam and Christianity and Jewish faiths there. Yeah, so it was cool. That sounds like a conversation in its own, and it will be. Ooh. It will be. Interesting. Because you asked me to. I did. Yeah. So let the record show that we're going to have an episode about my trip in Israel. Not because I wanted to have it, but yes. How about you, Rich? How are you doing, man? Dude. So my Mac died. This is not an advertisement for Samsung or no, or, no. Oh, Microsoft. It's, it's certainly not because I've had... 10 times the woes with Microsoft products, to be honest. All right. I'm obviously speaking as a pro Mac individual myself, but the hard drive passed away on us. And there were warning signs, man. I should have known better. Like a few times we tried to record. Yeah. And by the way, which which recording is this number? This take four, I guess. <sighs> well, yeah. That's the thing too. Like I was really struggling, but at the same time, I feel like we're conversing way better. Like most podcasters would be like, yeah, don't listen we're to my first now. two episodes. Yeah. Because the first two episodes are trash. And I felt like the other attempts were trash. And here we are. Yeah. So I feel like we're better at talking, which is good. But the point is my Mac died and it's resurrected after I had to live without it for two weeks. It died just before I went to perform my brother's wedding in Florida. Mm. I'd already written up what I needed. You had it in iCloud as well, right? I did. And I use my iPad for presentations anyway. I don't use slides anymore. I just type it up on my Mac and, but the principle of the matter that my Mac, my solid stable computer was dying on me and I didn't want to pay 1200 bucks for a new one. And it's resurrected with a solid state now. Now it used to be a hard drive. Now it got an upgrade to solid state. So yeah, I think it's kind of like an object lesson in my life right now. There's been some real difficult things happening in my ministry, my Mac with, with me and my wife. She's been sick. As a dog for oh, weeks. Man. So, but through all this, good things have come out of it. Yeah. Um, We're here right now. Yeah. I don't think God predestined that I would have awful times uh, because he likes that. You know, it's just happened and I think he's used it. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I've kind of been out of my mind, but I'm doing better. All right. That's Thanks good to asking. know, man. Good to know. Yeah. So, let's go to our topic. Uh, today's topic. Today's topic. This episode is about why young people stay in the church. That's right. We stay. didn't mess up. 
we we didn't mean to write why young people leave. Yep. Why they stay. We did it on purpose. This episode, we talk about involvement in the local church and our experiences. Mm-hmm. So often, I've been in the room, Ruben, you've been in the room too, where people just start talking about the young people, the young people, the young people. And you start to look down at yourself. Hey, I'm one of them. Yeah. And they're talking like we aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> I just have about how the young people You're talking are. about the room. It's like, I don't know if I've been in that room, but yeah, I've been in, I've been <laughs> in that situation. And, and, and to be honest, um, yeah, I mean, we at church are really um, good at making, uh, or I mean, getting la- labels, you know, like young, old, or I don't know, like cultures. And we just... We're supposed to be together as a body of Christ, but somehow we're really specialist in just dividing ourselves at the same time, just like compartmentalizing. Is that what is the word? Yes. Yeah, like making Compar- compartmentalizing. Because yeah. <laughs> I had to think about it, I started yeah. to mess up too, and I probably wouldn't. You were yeah. saying. Yeah. So I feel that we purposely had this title, Why People Stay, because we like to see the glass uh, half full not half empty and we want to see the make the best out of it because it is true it is true that somehow most of our traditional churches are not flourishing as the old good times Mm. however there is still a group uh, groups of people young people especially uh the new generations now millennials are no new generations anymore no we are not, man. We are not. I'm 27. I'm really old, and and you are you are the same as well. I, I got my dad bought started. Oh my already. goodness! Don't don't talk about it. But a, a, a church. We're talking about a church, and there's new generations that are still staying in church. So there's yes. something. There's there should there's something. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the calling. But there's something that we can do, or should do, or aspire to to switch or change in order for. Uh, uh, for us to offer a good environment and foster a good community and, and I don't know, for our young people. I don't like that label, man. Oh, I don't let's, like, let's, I don't let's like, do yeah. something real quick. Not everyone who's listening to this is a churchgoer. Yep. Is a Christian. Now we're, we're two Seventh-day Adventist pastors. We're Christian pastors. Um, not cult pastors, Christian pastors. Just call um, me Ruben. Just call me Ruben and, and you're rich. Deal. So Rich and Ruben here, we're Christians and we're talking about an experience we have in our churches. But I believe as you listen, don't tune out if you're not a churchgoer. Don't tune out if um, you're not our domination. Just continue to listen because as we have this conversation, I think you're going to find value in the experiences and the epiphanies we've had about humanity as it relates to this issue. Um. So let's define two things. Did you have something to say before we do? Yeah, I mean, we don't want to ostracize any kind of people, just like no. just showing where we're coming from. And mm-hmm. just we are not, uh, we're not perfect at all. Like, no. it just this is really important. Our experiences are not just for uh, people to say, hey, I want you to be like Rich and Ruben or no, mm. no, not Actually, the other way around, try to avoid our mistakes and try to be a better person yourself because that's what God is calling you to do, calling you to do. So. Uh, yeah, let's let's jump to the to the topic. So you will define two terms: staying in the church, and then that word, young people. You said you didn't like. So, so what does staying in the church mean? It can mean a variety of things. Probably when we're trying to interact. Yeah. Um. There's one definition, but we're probably gonna use a different one today for this conversation. We're gonna use a very minimalistic definition of what counts as 
I'm doing air quotes, staying in the church. Yeah, really broad. I mean, I will say that staying in church would be like to people that identify themselves attending to a church or a group that worships God. Mm-hmm. So if you locally, if you attend to your church locally, if you go there, it doesn't matter if you don't have a, a part there. As long as you show up there or stay in church, we're going to define young people staying at church just for the sake of this conversation of uh, young people. Well, we're going to talk about young people, young people that are, are actually attending church, attending church. And probably we can do a follow up on how to engage people more because it's proven that it's not about only you sitting down in the church that that never happened i'm not a person that can sit down and doing a, a long uh hour or 45 minute podcast is like a, a big endeavor per se for me um but i feel that the for the sake of this conversation staying in church will be people that attend church and they actually enjoy doing it they just do it because it comes out of them out mm. of themselves yeah so i would in my mind I would hope that the people who stayed in church are the ones that are really there in their hearts and not just physically there, but in a way, just for the sake of conversation, it, I think it'll also count if you're there yeah, in some way. That's the first step, I guess. And yes. we should not just feel happy just because we have a full church. That's what I say to my church members mm. every time. Every time I talk to them, you know, like our goal is not to fill the seats or the pews. And that that's not never our goal. Our goal is to transform the world and and because God transformed our lives. So, and, and just for the sake of that, let's just start with the first step, just attending, attending, congregating. Mm-hmm. Why young people congregate attend church? Yeah. It means something. So yeah. now young people, I think it's fair <laughs> to say. Yeah. So I'm about to bust some preconceptions about millennials here. Oh yeah. Let's go for it. How old's a millennial, Ruben? Well, I'm a millennial and I'm 27 years old. So, uh, and I'm a millennial and I'm 27 years old as so, well. So, so here's that. You're you know, a month and some change older than me. Just a little bit more. Yeah. But you're taller. So it doesn't. Yeah. But then you're better looking. So uh, whatever. Had longer to mature. Okay. <laughs> you have the beard. You have the prominent, nice yeah, beard. Yeah. Got to hype my face. With, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I cannot grow beard, but it's all right. Anyone born. <laughs> I just got a hard transition. Anyone born between 1981 and 1996 counts as a millennial. And I would say. Some so people stretch to the sides, but that's, yeah. that's a good. That's a 23 good. to 38 years old. I'd say 38 years old is pretty generous referring to a young person. Would oh, you yeah. say? I, I agree. Yeah. For example, I think if you most people in our, our median age for our congregations, it's like 60, 55. So yeah. for a family to be, I have a 38 year old and some kids, oh, look at that young family, <laughs> people yeah. would say. So, and, and that is an indicative of how we're doing as a, as a yes. church, I guess. Like, because it like, used, as a, used to as be a denomination, right? Yeah, denomination. And, and I'll, I'll dare to say Christian churches, evangelical churches in general, traditionally, yeah. that it used to be like in the 1950s, like, half of the Americans under the age of 40 used to go to services weekly. That was like week by week. Normally it was part of a tradition or just because mm-hmm. they were used to, or because they wanted to, to go to God. But now, nowadays you, you were saying like just a couple that it's 30 years old and they're young. They're considered young. Almost and that's 40. Me, almost 40. And they're young. And yes. I mean, I'm not going to like, do ageism or just like discriminate because of all the young people. But mm-hmm. that is an indicative of how, uh, the trends have changed and sometimes some, somehow the community has changed, but the church has not appeal or cater to the needs of a community to the point that younger generations feel the need or 
or the necessity of being in a place like a church. Hmm. Yeah. But there are some congregations that really have, this is a whole, a, a oh, yeah. whole other conversation, but so church, staying in church is attending weekly and identifying as saying, this is my church. I am a Baptist. I am a Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. I belong to New Spring or Elevation or whatever congregation it is. What's Ashbro the local mega church? What's the local mega church in Ashboro here? Oh man, is there an Elevation campus? No, there is one. I forgot the name for we sure. We have but I, New I, Spring campus in Florence and that's based in Greenville. Um, there's also Florence Baptist Temple, which is like so huge in Florence. Dude, you caught me out of guard, but there is a big mega church here as well. Yeah. But hey, nonetheless, young people are millennials and younger. And Gen Z's. Gen yeah. Z's. Yeah. Gen, Gen X. And Gen X and Z's. Gen yeah. Y I, 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 and Gen Z. I, I, yes. Mostly. Okay. So, a lot of. Let's talk to me about stats, Ruben, real quick. Well, uh, as I was saying, like in the 1950s, that was like really common, but. Uh, the Pew Research Center says that there, there's now a big gap in religious attendance compared to the 50s. Like people nowadays don't feel the need of becoming, uh, I mean, going, attending church. And that's that's concerning not because of the church itself, but the motivations behind of that. Why you don't want to go? If, if you're supposed to have a good experience or worship experience there, and it's not a show, uh, it's not, like something that will enter entertain you per se. However, what it is that is not allowing you to go to church? Hmm. And that is concerning because it didn't used to be that way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the American culture, I'm not, I mean, I just got here five years ago, but uh, traditionally the American culture has changed mm -hmm. and the church has not at some point. Some of them, some of them have not. I'm, I'll be fair. Mm -hmm. Some of them have not. And we might say that that change has not been fully positive. You know, we both, I know I listen to Kerry Newhoff podcast. I think you do a oh, little man. as well. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's talked about how the attractional model is mm. past prime. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other conversation. So what's the attractional model? Well, I'm not prepared fully for this conversation <laughs> at this time. But the general attractional model is, so you have seeker sensitive, right? And you got your Bill Hybels. Yeah. You smoke machines, you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then attractional model was then taking that and just moving it and updating it even further. Yes, yes. We're, we're, we're past that. We're past that. People are just not about the, what they see through their eyes or, or stuff like mm -hmm. that, right? So, yeah, it's becoming to the spot where even just having a really nice foyer and coffee there. Yeah. It's, and then having that nice worship service, that's not enough. Yeah, it's you not need to have more. Yes. Um. So, I think even just saying... Not changing at all, even some attempts to change have not been fully adequate in keeping people in. Yeah. So this isn't an episode where we're just going to bash traditionalism. No, because I think everyone's struggling with this. Yeah, and why? So that's part of why we're saying why stay. I, so let's talk about why we stayed, Ruben. I'll, I'll be honest. Like I don't Go know ahead. you, but I'll be. I was born and raised in a really traditional church in, mm -hmm. in South America, and you know. At some point, the stereotype holds up, you know, and and I sometimes wonder myself why I stayed, and hmm. the reality was not necessary. It's not necessarily that I stayed because of the good reasons, I guess, I or hmm. the reasons that people want me to stay. I stayed because I found the church a place where I could 
have community. Mm. Back then, I didn't use the word community. I used, I, I say I could hang out, hang out with my friends mm-hmm. and hanging out with my friends and, and doing things and activities and Pathfinders, for example. I, I always say that Pathfinders Club, is, for those who don't know, is... Uh, it's kind of like a curriculum, uh, like uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. A good thing is that it's co-ed. We mm-hmm. just, it, it's always been like that. Whoa. Yeah. And before I, it was cool. Before it was cool. Hipster it was Adventism, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it just was keeping myself busy. Yeah. And since I was young, I think 11, 10, I always loved technology. Like technology is like one of the big, passions i guess and for sure some somebody somebody at church saw that and they let me as young as i was they let me help out with audiovisuals mm-hmm. and I, we had a big church like our church was like five six hundred people how old and were you 10 11 Dude. yeah and, and they let me do it and of course I, there was some someone always like uh, uh supervising it and right. i was helping like with the audio like connecting mics and stuff and or just mixing, and then, uh, then, then later on, they uh, projection and PowerPoint was the big deal. Like PowerPoint and the church that had that was like the the best church or something like that. And and looking back, that is what kept me coming to church. Hmm. So, for the sake of this title, we say uh, staying at church means attending church. But to be honest, I would not have been a good uh, spectator. Mm. And and thank God, and I guess thank God I was not an expectator. I of course had my ups and downs, but I never, I never uh, doubted about my my. I mean, coming or not coming to church, that was not not a deal for me, a big deal for me. I have many friends that had many struggles, and of course they stopped attending or not. But for us, it was just community and keeping ourselves busy and and knowing that we belong to a group. We belong mm. to, to a group. Yeah. So plot twist, what I hear you saying is the reason you continued attending is because you were invited to do more than just attend. Yeah. You were involved. Plot twist. And valued. Yeah. Some people might find this skewed because the type of people we both are, we're both the type of people that would accept the call in a ministry. Yeah. But plot twist number two, we're not really the same type of people. <laughs> we are not. We're very different, you and I. Yeah, we are. We. I'm not sure either of us really fully fit the pastor personality. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm talkative, but I'm not necessarily as introvert. I am. I'm a little shy, to be honest. That's, that's my personality. And yeah, when, when I felt a calling, it's like, but I'm not like X, Y, or Z pastors. That They're so outgoing. They're so like, <laughs> like they can talk to everybody. I'm really shy. That's, mm-hmm. that's me. I believe it or not. And of course, we all, I, I had so many mistakes in my past and we, we all are human beings. And, and at the same time, I feel that God's grace is big, is enough and, and it covers us. And, and that's why I feel that there is an opportunity for young people. <laughs> I don't like using that word, man, but yeah, there's opportunity for young people. There's opportunity for, for older generations to get involved in this body of Christ. So there's opportunity, man. How about you? Let's, let's go. Enough about me. How about you? How was your experience at church? Um, have you stayed in church uh, the, 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 the whole time? You had like your ups and downs. How was your experience? So I grew up, my, my earliest childhood experience is um, getting dressed in the morning and going into a big cathedral. I'm not sure if it technically was a cathedral with all these designations, but huge Catholic church. Mm-hmm. It's 
towers and spires and stained glass and beautiful marble floors and holy water right you walk in and the confessional booths off the side and also off to the side uh, table with the candles where you offer your prayers and yeah that i grew up a roman catholic um i didn't realize the pope was a thing or who in the world he was until after i wasn't catholic anymore but we grew up catholic um and i was I received, I was old enough that I received my first communion and gone through training and classes for that, uh, once a week. Um, and we attended mass every week at our local church. And then as I was doing my studies to get my first communion, um, my mother was starting to get Bible studies from our neighbor two doors down, who's a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, we become friends because uh, that family had children our age, and we just moved. And I was walking around the street, and I saw kids, and I was like, "Oh, can I come play with you?" And they're like, "Okay." And so playing, and then mom comes to get us, and there we are, and talking with moms. And push comes to shove, my mother was seeking, and we really felt felt that she was finding God in a more intimate, personal way in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, mm-hmm. and uh, she was baptized as a Seventh Day Adventist Christian, and when. I was started asking questions. I'd ask questions when during my training for first communion about different things my father had read me in the Bible. Um, he would do that for a, for a time, read this little children's version of the Bible to me when we were Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd ask him, well, dad, because I remember Genesis said, the first part of the story, I know it was Genesis, said that God rested on the seventh day, right? Mm-hmm. And then the fourth commandment, Referenced that and said we should do it, and I was like, Dad, how do I keep that one? Because he had he'd gone through each one mm-hmm. and shared with me why how to keep right. Mm-hmm. You need to honor your father and mother. You do that by listening to us, or we'll spank you. You you know. How old were you uh, then? Ah, oh, brother, I think I was I was young. I was just learning how to read. I was like, it was the latter half of the first grade when we moved to that house. Mm-hmm. So I was early second grade or so when we first was asking these questions third grade or so I'm trying to remember which grade exactly. because I've, I put different ages in different reports. Cause it, I was saying at Southern talking about writing down my testimony for reports. I had to do that. And I don't remember exactly second, third grade maybe, but um, the point is when my mother, when these people, my mother's new church were talking to me, I asked them questions because I asked the nuns those questions about the fourth, Commandment. Ask my dad those questions. They said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You keep it. You're good. They didn't explain why. And then I got really good answers when I asked the Adventists. So from early on, I had this idea that these Adventists have the truth. They're reasonable people. And I liked, I liked intellectually the Adventist church better. And then the Adventist church had the Pathfinder program for me. That also helped you. My relationship with my dad has been really rough for a while. He was very pretty verbally abusive. I think very early on physically, but I think they got better, but verbally abusive to me. Uh, calling me, he called me a piece of S word. Mm-hmm. when he was upset and would really just throw me down. And so I just felt like, man, if I could just, I had a really bad relationship. And so I got father, father, uh, father figures and pathfinders. I was able to make friends and pathfinders when we moved um, to that new house where the Adventists were two doors down. I really didn't have any friends at that school, man. And I struggled to make friends. I was really an outcast socially. And 
that still kind of followed me to church, but there were some kids my age that I can belong with. And I felt like at least these people get me. These people understand why I can't have a, a ham sandwich and understand why they can't watch things on Sabbath. And I felt a belonging there to the point where we'd be at Sabbath church all day, which I hear is not the, for those who don't know me, I, I guess you would probably label me as a white person. <laughs> really? <laughs> My buddy Eli sure would. Okay. That's an inside joke. But, and so white people don't, stay at church all day in Adventism. Well, we, we did. Mm-hmm. And I really liked because I didn't have to be at home. It was a safe place. The church was a lot nicer than my home was. And as far as how nice it was, the environment, church became a safe place for me, ma'am. So that if I had questions, if I need someone to talk to, for better, for, I mean, there were some things that were there that I needed to recover from, but Church was just a safe place for me. And so it provided what I needed. Mm, that's good. Um, and and it, I got super involved too. I think involvement is important. In, in my case, uh, I mean, I appreciate many things, as I mentioned, but there were some things as well that I did not enjoy when, when I was young as well. And, hmm. and one, of, one of those is like just a stereotype of being a Christian or being an Adventist. Like we have a really traditional uh, stereotype of how to do things or what to do or not to do. And I, I always like asking questions, man. I always like, and I didn't want to be disrespectful at all. I just wanted to know the answers as you were saying. Mm-hmm. And, and even among our, our churches, some of them, we say, do this or don't do that. Listen to this. Don't listen to that. Address this way and not address that way. And when you ask why, the, the answer is really vague still. Hmm. And, and, that, and, and that really hurt me instead of helping me. I, I, I mean, I imagine like people or older generations were trying to protect us for something like do not smoke, do not drink. And, and the answer will be like, why? Oh, because the Ten Commandments or because this or because uh, uh, there's this writing from this book, from this, uh, uh, from, from the spirit of prophecy or stuff like that. And, and for me, there is more than just this person say so than I, I I don't I don't feel I don't feel connected to that. I feel more connected to hey, I experiencing God and mm. I want to have a better connection with Him. Mm-hmm. And and doing this or doing that may or may not help me, but I want to make the right decisions. So I want to be closer to Him. So it, that is something that at least uh, back in my childhood, not because of my parents. Thankfully, my parents were really flexible and really wise I, i'm really thankful for that but at church uh there's this uh thing that they uh used to let to, tell you do this or don't do that i didn't like that and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure like nowadays when i when i'm a pastor i hear those things not necessarily from my church members but from other churches and other situations where adults uh, they don't have bad intentions but they actually try to regulate or tell do this or don't do that and i i, I look back in, into my own memories and it's like I never like that. Hmm. It's more than just doing or not doing. It's the principle where your heart is. Mm-hmm. And why? And why? That's crazy, man. Like, as you're sharing there, it really brought me back to the church does not need to be perfect. No. In order for us to identify with it. And all the, it's all, not, all, we don't critique it because it's bad. We critique it because... We belong, we care, and we want to continue to be a part of it. We want yes. it to be ours. Yes. And if something is ours, we need to talk through things in conflict, have our, re- our, our, our whys reasoned out properly, 
so that we're really following Christ, calling, following the real core of why we're there. You can apply this if you're not Christian. Yeah. We're there for why we should be there and not the underlying biases and baggage. And the other, the other, it's actually that as a church that we have, that we pretend to, to have it all together, mm. that is harming us more than doing us good. Absolutely. Because people outside the church walls, mm -hmm. they see us every day, man. They do. They see the, our families every day. And, and, and not only that, families and kids, they see their parents having the struggles and stuff, but they show up to church and they pretend to have a perfect life. And I feel that as a church, we don't have to pretend to be perfect because perfection does not come from what we do, but from what Jesus has done, had done already for us. And he's doing every day, this process that he's doing every day. But the goal for us is not perfection. Our goal for us is to surrender our lives mm. and, and, and have our hearts tuned. And that's the way to perfection. Yes, it, 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 yes, but at the, but at the same time, it, it, we will we will never do it by ourselves. There is no exactly way. Exactly right. And, exactly and, right. And and, and and as a church, traditionally, we we just like to show off. And and mm. and probably back then it used to work. I don't know, but, but right now <laughs> with uh, technology, with the ways that we have of people getting to know us and and knowing us like deeply and and sharing things and and being honest and and being authentic. I don't think that mixes up together. I, I guess like some people uh, in, in, in churches, uh, traditionally, they just try to hide things mm -hmm. that they might not be uh, well according to the church standard. Mm -hmm. And I hate that, man. I hate like church standard. I even say church standard because we should not worry about church standards, but God's standards and God's principles. And, and more than that, and, and that goes beyond of doing and not doing. So I, I stopped ranting. I stopped ranting, no. but... I'm getting something from the rant. What I'm getting is for why we stay, there's two competing factors. Yes. And I think in the past I've heard people really get poo-pooed for, oh, you shouldn't let your, your interactions with people in the church change whether or not you want to be there. It's just like, okay, person, you don't want that to be true. Because if that's true on both sides of the coin, yeah. no matter how nice you are, people aren't going to join the church. <laughs> yeah. But it's, that's the thing. If the kindness and love and embrace of someone can help us feel like we belong in something, the opposite will do the opposite. Yes. You can't have either or. You have to, there's repercussions for that reality on both sides. And so there's the balance of how much belonging how much ownership, how much involvement, how much support and comfort you get, that will help you belong and own the church and want to stay and be a part and believe in this gospel. But then there's also the inconsistencies, the humanity, right? The tradition, the manipulation, that, that side of the coin will kind of eat away at our comfort, our sense of belonging in the church. Yeah. And now that I think of the title, it says why young people stay in I church. Would stay. So some people stay and can be physically present in the church, but can be there for the wrong reasons or with wrong intentions. Yes. So in, in, in regards of that, like jumping to the moments of clarity, like moment of clarity of this conversation, mm -hmm. I feel that for me, looking back in today and hopefully in the future, I feel that in my case, why I stay in church? It was not because of the sermons, man. 
Hmm. Don't don't ask me if I remember sermons. I most of them I I forgot about them. Me either. I, I remember one thing that my uh, Pathfinder counselor would always say. Mm-hmm. He would say every time and time and over again, "Hey guys, the only thing that you'll take to heaven is your character." And 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 that really helped me. But when it comes to sermons, I don't I don't remember that. But if you ask me, do you remember, what do you remember of church? Well, I remember moments. I remember friendships. I remember relationships. I remember belonging to a community hmm. and uh, with its failures and probably ups and downs. But for me, I feel that what helped me was community, more than tradition, more than programs, more than uh, things. It was just the experience of, hmm. of having relationships and feeling that I belong somewhere. So that's my moment of clarity. How about you, Rich? My moment of clarity came for me in church life when I was at Southern Adventist University, where mm-hmm. I got my undergraduate degree in theology. And my, one of my favorite teachers, Alan Parker, was teaching us uh, in a class called Church Ministry. And he was going through slides, going through scripture. And he, just, he'll, he would do this thing where he just put the scripture up there, have you read through it, and then instead of just going through his lecture, slide comes up and it says, read this over, write down and answer this question about it. So what does this show us about church? And I'll read you the verse, the passage he gave us. It's in Ephesians. It says, he who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. and he." gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. And this title, saints, is for anyone who's accepted God's promise of salvation. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We're to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ. That's Ephesians 4, verses 10 through 15. It continues to 16. Here's the point. The behaviors we talked about, that lead us away from the church. These are childlike behaviors in Christ's eyes. No matter how old these people are, that behavior is childlike in Christ's eyes. And instead, church is a series of relationships. And the only way we can really grow to be fully in Jesus, as he wants us to be, is to be in relationships with him and with others and for us to be involved in that work together. Mm. This is super countercultural for America. Oh, yeah. This is super anti-consumerist. Instead, it says it's only by belonging and really interacting with people who are different from each other. Yeah, and you and I are different from each other. We're we're learning. And and I really like when you say, like, in verse uh, 15, speaking the truth in love. Sometimes... Sometimes we just, uh, there's this uh, classic Adventist phrase, like present truth. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes uh, we just think that truth is information and just being right. 
Mm-hmm. However, here it says that rather speaking the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And it involves, it, it, speaking the truth in love, it involves more than just expressing information, cognitive information. Mm. It's about transformation. And, and, I, and I agree that it's like the whole, like, and, and we're building, we're growing up in every way. Everywhere. We're not only growing up like spiritually, we're growing up in every way. And I, mm. I feel that's what church will be about mm-hmm. 2019, this, this year and, 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 and now connecting more with our communities. And, mm-hmm. and that's a big challenge. Dude, Rob Bell said it. That means it's either complete heresy or <laughs> dead on true. That's how he works out. No, no, he's, 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 he's cool. He's cool. Everything is spiritual. It is. And the point is, politics, our friends and relationships, what we're going to eat. For example, I feel like eating Taco Bell right now. Oh, man. Me. Let's do it. We're going to go Taco Bell right after this. <laughs> all well, of this. It's, it's all spiritual. Yeah, I'm ready to eat, dude. Um, it's all spiritual. And ministry involvement. Involvement in just doing, like taking out of the trash, whatever it is, it's just getting Taco Bell together. Involvement is the best way to become involved enough for people to be able to support you and have conflict with you and give you the insight you need. So churches aren't just a necessity for numbers. God made church for us because we need each other mm. to be closer to him. And that's, that's the end of my eye-opening moment. Will you close us out, Ruben? Yeah. And this episode was episode number two. The title was Why Young People Stay in Church. We talked that it more than staying it's about becoming part of a community mm. we shared about our experiences and more than that we want to hear from you because you may be young or you used to be young and we want to know your experience <laughs> that, that sounded bad I'm, 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 that sounded uh, great i love that and, and but we want to we want to uh listen and, and get some feedback from you we have a twitter account we have a facebook account you can connect with us our twitter is uh clarity underscore underline uh, podcast and the Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash clarity podcast no spaces so thank you for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life today and uh, during this episode yes stay tuned uh, for more we want to uh, post uh, episodes uh, every 15 days that's the goal mm-hmm. that's the goal that's our, our goal and well this was um, episode 2 I'm Ruben and I'm Rich and this was Clarity Clarity